Blessings to you for tuning in. You know, there's a worldwide situation going on. A situation about injustice. The talk of injustice. The protest of injustice. The riots of injustice. And so on. Right now, injustice, the word, it has caught fire in an unprecedented way. This injustice that I'm talking about is a systemic injustice towards people of color. Black people in particular. And this fire, this passion of injustice has been ignited through the death of George Floyd at the hands of the Minneapolis Police Department. So there's been much talk about what's been going on. There's been much demonstrations about what's going on. And we are seeing something truly historic because of this this tragedy. Now, what I want to also delve into is not only speaking about the injustice that's going on, and a lot has been said about that, but I want to also talk about the word justice. What is it truly about? What does it truly mean? from the true perspective, 
God's perspective. But first, let's go to a word from my sponsor. Okay, we're back with Fantline. I'm Marvin Fant. And like I said, we want to talk about the word justice. Giving God's perspective, God's point of view. And anything coming from God is true. Anything coming from the true and living God, that is. So listen to this, listen to this audio. Check it out. Or a praying mantis, it would be socially acceptable to devour your mates. And if you're a honey badger, you have no regard for other animals. You don't care. If you're a panda with twins, it's normal to abandon one to take care of the other. But if humans do any of these things, we would call it wrong, unfair, or unjust. Yeah, why is that? Why do humans care so much about justice? Well, the Bible has a fascinating response to that question. On page one, humans are set apart from all other creatures as the image of God. Yeah, God's representatives who rule the world by his definition of good and evil. And this identity, it's the bedrock of the Bible's view of justice. All humans are equal before God and have the right to be treated with dignity and fairness no matter who you are. And that would be nice if we all did that. But we know how the world really works. And the Bible addresses that too. It shows how we are constantly redefining good and evil to our own advantage at the expense of others. Yeah, self-preservation. And the weaker someone is, the easier it is to take advantage of them. And so in the biblical story, we see this happening on a personal level, but also in families and then in communities and in whole civilizations that create injustice, especially towards the vulnerable. But the story doesn't end there. Out of this whole mess, God chose a man named Abraham to start a new kind of family. Specifically, Abraham was to teach his family to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. If doing righteousness, that's a Bible word I don't really use, but what comes to mind is being a good person. But what does that even mean, being good? The biblical Hebrew word for righteousness is tzedakah, and it's more specific. It's an ethical standard that refers to right relationships between people. It's about treating others as the image of God. With the God-given dignity they deserve. And this word justice, it's the Hebrew word mishpat. It can refer to retributive justice. Like if I steal something, I pay the consequences. Exactly. Yet most often in the Bible, mishpat refers to restorative justice. It means going a step further, actually seeking out vulnerable people who are being taken advantage of and helping them. Yeah, some people call this charity. But mishpat involves way more. It means taking steps to advocate for the vulnerable and changing social structures to prevent injustice. So justice and righteousness are about a radical, selfless way of life. Yeah, and you find this idea all over the Bible. Here, in the book of Proverbs, what does it mean to bring about just righteousness? Open your mouth for those who can't speak for themselves. And what do these words mean for the prophets, like Jeremiah? Rescue the disadvantaged and don't tolerate oppression or violence against the immigrant, the orphan, and the widow. And like here, look in the book of Psalms. The Lord God upholds justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, and sets the prisoner free but he thwarts the way of the wicked. Whoa, he thwarts the wicked? Yeah, in Hebrew, the word wicked is rasha. It means guilty or in the wrong. It refers to someone who mistreats another human, ignoring their dignity as an image of God. 
So justice and righteousness is a big deal to God. Yes, it's what Abraham's family, the Israelites, were to be all about. They ended up as immigrant slaves, being oppressed unjustly in Egypt. And so God confronted Egypt's evil, declaring them to be rasha, guilty of injustice. And so he rescued Israel. But the tragic irony of the Old Testament story is that these redeemed people went on to commit the same acts of injustice against the vulnerable. And so God sent prophets who declared Israel guilty. But they weren't the only ones. There's injustice everywhere. Yeah, some people actively perpetrate injustice. Others receive benefits or privileges from unjust social structures they take for granted. And sadly, history has shown that when the oppressed gain power, they often become oppressors themselves. So we all participate in injustice, actively or passively, even unintentionally. We're all the guilty ones. And so this is the surprising message of the biblical story. God's response to humanity's legacy of injustice is to give us a gift, the life of Jesus. He did righteousness and justice, and yet he died on behalf of the guilty. But then God declared Jesus to be the righteous one when he rose from the dead. And so now Jesus offers his life to the guilty so that they too can be declared righteous before God, not because of anything they've done, but because of what Jesus did for them. The earliest followers of Jesus experienced this righteousness from God, not just as a new status, but as a power that changed their lives and compelled them to act in surprising new ways. Yeah, if God declared someone righteous when they didn't deserve it, the only reasonable response is to go and seek righteousness and justice for others. This is a radical way of life, and it's not always convenient or easy. It's courageously making other people's problems my problems. This is what Jesus meant by loving your neighbor as yourself. It's about a lifetime commitment fueled by the words of the ancient prophet Micah. God has told you, humans, what is good and what the Lord requires of you is to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Okay. I want to conclude this with the removal and restructuring of our Constitution and the constitutions of all states, because each, each state has a constitution, each state, each state has a set of laws, different from the overall laws of the United States. And I want to, and what would be good is to remove systemic injustice. So you may say or ask, what is systemic injustice? Well, just give you a brief synopsis on that. It's about unfair housing. And I, I know it, that that issue has been tackled over the years but it's not completely it's not completely settled there is still some unfair housing going on you have um people of color being taxed uh disproportionately once once it's found out uh what race you are 
that's happened. Uh, discriminatory hiring. And even to this day, there are still practices of that going on. And one of the biggest situations also is the prison system. The prison system has been used as a modern-day slavery. Uh, some things about the, the penal system have, have changed, whereas now you have um, plenty of prison systems using the inmates as cheap labor to, um, to uh, process materials, to make materials. And we all know that there is a, a, a high percentage of, of people of color in the, the prison systems. I know this for a fact because, I mean, I think we, we all know this, but I, I used to work in the prison system. I think we all know that that there is a high number of people of color in the prison system is, is what I'm going to say. But all these need to be tackled. All these need to be addressed. Some, some, of them, some of them need to be readdressed. And like I always try to tell people, in order for us as a nation, as a people, to move forward, we need to realize what our history, what the United States history and when I say our, I'm talking about black people and what the United States history is all about. What's happened from, from the past up until now. And once we, we learn from this, once we grow from it and try not to repeat the bad of history, then we can truly move forward. See, a lot of people, they, they don't want to go back in history. They don't want to um, uh, revisit history. And I'm not talking about history as an individual, whereas someone is dwelling on their past and wishing that it, they can have days gone by to uh, relive again. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about situations to learn and grow from. That's what I'm talking about. So that's not an uh, that's not an ugly term. People, you know, we always want to talk about change. Well, you got to know where you came from and what happened in order to have change. That's the bottom line, people. That's the bottom line. The bottom line. Well, that's it for today's episode. Please feel free to comment and share. And if you feel led to give a donation, I greatly appreciate your support. And I leave you with this word from Romans 12.2. Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Enough said. Thank <laughs> you.